You can take your Bibles and open it to Exodus chapter number 3. We'll start there. We'll move around a little bit. Um, Exodus chapter number 3. I'm going to ask that you pray for us. It's going to be a busy two weeks as we prepare to <coughs> move west. And um, we'll be there. We'll be in Kansas on the 10th. And then we'll go to Mississippi for two weeks to see the new grandbaby. And then June, the first week of June, I will start as the assistant pastor at Crossroads Baptist Church. And my first week of work, I will be going to teen camp. And then the last week of that month, I'll be going to junior camp. So they're breaking me in quick. And uh, so pray for us. It's exciting, but it's going to be busy. And I'll talk about that in a little, in a little bit, but... Um, we pray for us. Appreciate it. Love this place. I didn't know that I'd ever leave Easton again, but God has seen fit to do that. So just pray for the Lancaster family, and I'd greatly appreciate it. Exodus chapter number three. You know, I was reading, I read the book of Genesis this week and part of Exodus, and I come across this phrase multiple times, and I couldn't get it out of my head. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burned with fire. The bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight while the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. He said, Here am I. I just want to talk to you about that subject. Here am I. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to be in this place, behind this pulpit. Lord, I don't take it lightly. I pray that you'd help me convey this message. Lord, I pray if there's somebody here without Christ, today would be the day of salvation, and what a, not a better day to be saved than Resurrection Sunday. And Father, I pray that you'd use me, speak through me. Lord, they didn't come to hear me, they came to hear you, and I pray that you'd help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Moses said, here am I. Now you can take, turn, take your Bible and turn over to Isaiah chapter number 6. Isaiah chapter number 6. And verse 8, it's a famous verse. We could probably, a lot of us could quote it. Isaiah said, I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send? Who will go for us? Then said I, then said, here am I, send me. The phrase, here am I, is used 16 times in the King James Bible. The phrase, here am I, and here I am are different phrases. While they sound the same, they're totally different. Here I am says to God, I am over here, I am in a position. Here, here am I says, I'm submitted to God completely. It is a declaration 
to him that you are available, ready to pay attention, ready to obey, ready to follow instructions of the task that has to be done. Because when you see the phrase, here am I, every time there's either instructions or a duty presented after that. If you read the book of Exodus, when we read about Moses, not long after Moses said, here am I, God gave him the instructions to go to Egypt and lead the children of Israel out. Here am I. Abraham said it in Genesis 22, 11, right before the instruction came that do no harm to the lad. Right before he's about to sacrifice Isaac, the Lord called him and he said, here am I. And he said, don't lay, don't lay the lad. It was an instruction. Jacob said it right before God told him it was okay to go to Egypt. Samuel said it three times in 1 Samuel 3, uh, 1 through 8. And Moses said it right before God told him to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Here am I. Here am I as a position close to God. Samuel said, here am I, then said, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Listen, we must be close to God when we have a conversation. We're close to people when we have a conversation. We don't yell across the room to have a conversation. We're up close and we're personal with people when we have a conversation. So when we say to God, here am I, we are up close and personal. It's telling God, listen, I'm ready. Give me some instructions. Tell me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. I'm ready to go. Here am I. Isaiah said, send me. You know, we're here at Resurrection Sunday. Was not a better day to be saved. There was saved, people got saved this morning, but there was other people in the service that should have been saved. See, when God calls somebody to salvation, when he lays that burden on the heart and the pew and convicts them of the sin, they just need to say, Lord, here am I. See, God didn't bring, give preacher the message to preach that unsaved people could just turn around and walk back out that door the way they came in. He didn't give them the message to preach this morning so saved people can turn around and walk out that door the way they came in. There was conviction, and I can tell you there's people in this room this morning that were under conviction. But what did they do about it? What did you do about it? You say, here I am, here am I, here am I, God, I'm listening. Give me some instruction. Give me something to do. I'm ready to obey. I'm ready to go. What do you have for me? Here am I. Here am I. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I hope I can read my own handwriting. I couldn't print this out because my printer is packed. I'm like, Lord, i got to write this whole thing by hand in pen. I'm not going to be able to read half of this. So I tried to write as neatly as I could, and that's not very neat even when I do write, try to write clear. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation any other, for there is none our name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Ephesians 2.8.9, for by grace are we saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man some boast. Romans 10.13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's salvation verses all through the Bible. And there was people sitting here this morning, and some walked the aisle, and some didn't. 
Why is it? What was the difference? The ones that got saved said, here am I. I'm going to answer that call, Lord. You put that call for me to be saved. I'm going to come down the aisle, and I'm going to get saved. Here am I. I just couldn't get that thought out of my head. Here am I. Here am I. The answer should be, God, I'm ready. Here am I. Number two, when God calls us to surrender. When God calls us to surrender. Turn to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. I'm not going to keep you as long. I need to get back to the house so I can eat. You know, Chinese food just doesn't, I mean, it's good when you eat it, but it doesn't fill you up. It just doesn't. Where am I at here? 22, 39. Oh, there we are. Luke 22, 39. Uh, Luke 22, 39, yes, that's correct. It says that he came out and went as he went Want to the Mount of Olives, his disciples followed him. And when he was at that place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. See, when God calls us to surrender, Jesus, our example, surrendered his will to the Father. He said, Not my will but thine will. See, if Christ is willing to surrender his will to the Father, why are we not willing to submit our will to Christ? Jesus says, Lord, not my will, but thine will, and we know what happened. But he was willing to submit himself to God and do what God wanted him to do, and we won't submit ourselves to Christ. We won't surrender to Christ. We won't surrender our will. A lot of times we'll come up and we'll say, okay, in passing, all right, God, I'll do, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just to give God that little token of, yeah, I'll, I'll do something. That's not what he wants from us. Christ said, I am ready to obey your instructions. He said, here am I. Father, not my will, but thine will. Have you really surrendered? Have you really let go of your will for his? Not just in passing, but not my will, but yours. Wherever you want me, wherever you need me, whatever you want me to do, and mean it. Not just come and say, okay, God, I'll, I'll do this, and then just return back to your seat, and nothing ever comes fruitful out of it. You know, when preacher first mentioned Kansas, I've I seen a lot of confused looks on your faces. Wondering what in the world I'm doing. Well, when I got sick, I moved back home. I moved back home to help my, fa my father. And the goal was always to be back in the full-time ministry. 
the goal was always for me to be back into full-time ministry. I didn't look for this. I didn't call anybody. I haven't called for meetings to go preach anywhere. I've just done what people have called me. I've gone to preach. But back in tent meeting last year, Brother Harris boys were singing, I got a text. And the preacher said on the other line of that text, said, I need you to come preach a meeting for me next year. And I just said, okay, well, I'll get with you in January and we'll set it up. Well, January came and I got a text and said, said, Brother Fred, do you have an email that I can contact you with? And I said to Melissa, I said, well, weird, all you got to do is call me and we can book a meeting. He sends me an email. And in that email, he states that he had to get rid of his assistant pastor. And since August, he had been praying about me. Would I consider coming to Kansas and being his assistant pastor? I'm like, well, I told God a long time ago that I would pray about any opportunity that passed my way and that I would do whatever he asked me to do. We had a few conversations. We had a few emails. We had a few, and through prayer and fasting and all that stuff, this is what God wants. It's what God wants from me. But see, it happened at an altar a long time ago when I said, here am I. When I surrendered and said, God, anytime, any place, anywhere, I'm willing to go. Whatever you want me to do, even if I don't, even if I really, if I, my flesh don't want to do it. Listen, I'd rather go to Hawaii than Kansas. I'd rather go to the Caribbean than Kansas. But this is what God wants me to do. You know, we try to take God, we surrender, and we... I'm getting a little ahead of myself because of a call. But see, we surrender and we try to fit God into our box. Oh God, I'll do anything you want me to do if I can fit it in what I'm already doing. And say, God, I'll do what you want me to do and then everything I have, I'll try to fit it into that. Hello? We fit God in our box. And how much of God we can fit in our box, that's how much of for God we do. Instead of putting God first and then fitting everything else into there and doing the most we can for God. Here am I. Here am I. And I know there's people in here that have surrendered. But if you truly surrendered, number three, when God calls us to a specific ministry, and I'm not talking full-time, I'm talking Sunday school, I'm talking nurse, I'm talking all the bus, all that kind of stuff. When Paul got, when Saul got turned to Paul and got saved, he said, what will thou have me to do, Lord? wasn't long after that he made that statement. What will you have me to do? He ended up preaching the gospel. Peter and Andrew, Jesus said, follow me. And the Bible says they just went. They did what God wanted them to do. Here am I. You know, I can say, can I say this? If you have a ministry, 
in this church or any church, if you have a ministry and you don't work it, you don't have a ministry, you have a job or a position. See, God's called you to do something. If it's a Sunday school teacher, if it's a bus captain, a bus worker, whatever it is, if it's an usher. But if you just show up and do that, that ministry on that day and don't do nothing else with it during the week or go visit the kids or anything, you just have a position. That's not a ministry. Ministry takes work. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. God's called you to do something, do it. Now, I like to watch people. I'm a people watcher. So if you're picking your nose, I probably watch you. I'm just a people watcher. And I learned a lot about the ministry from this man right here by watching him, by watching him, by the things he does on purpose. And every place I've been, I've watched the preachers watch what they do, watch how they act, watch what they say, watch how they work, watch them. Because they're doing what God's called them to do. They've answered that call. They said, here am I. And they work their ministry. I remember one time, oh, man, it was... It was a long time ago. It was probably in the 90s. This preacher still had that Buick <laughs> that he flipped over up here on the road. He still had his Buick. It was a Saturday night. I was driving from somewhere, but it was a Saturday night, and it was probably 6 or 7 o'clock at night, and I passed him, and I know he was making visits. What was he doing? He was working a ministry. He said, here am I, God, here am I. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. And that always, I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten that day. I drove by that Buick over on Butler Street. I can tell you right where it was. 14th and Butler Street is where I passed him. He didn't even see me, but I saw him. And I knew what he was doing because he didn't live nowhere near there. I knew what he was doing. He was out Saturday making visits that late at night. And, I, and that, that, preacher, that, I've never forgotten that. It's always been there. It's always in my mind. Just like when you push the air conditioner out the window. It's always in my mind. It's always there. I never forget those two. Th I'm serious. Those two things will stick with me forever. Why? Because God called him to do something. God laid a burden on his heart, and he said, here am I. And he worked the ministry. See, because it's just not a job to him. And it shouldn't be a job to you. Yeah, you're not full-time but it still shouldn't be a job to you. It should be a ministry, and you should work it. I can see I'm getting in trouble. Listen, every servant of God should want their name called to be able to say, here am I. Every servant should want God to call their name so they can answer with those three words, here am I. Send me. I'm ready. You know, I played sports, and the worst thing about playing sports is when you have to sit the bench. I didn't want to sit the bench. Anybody in here want to sit the bench? 
I want to be on the court. I want to be on the field. I, I want to be the one hitting the ball. I want to be catching the ball. I want to be the one sacking the quarterback. I want to be the one shooting the three-pointer. I want to be the one doing something. I don't want to be sitting on bench watching everybody else do it. Why in our churches do we have bench sitters? You watch the other people do the work, and you rejoice in it. When you can have a part in it, when you have a part in it, it's far more better when you rejoice about it. Woo! Man, we had 111 church today. Somebody I invited came and got saved. Somebody I invited came and sat in a pew. That lady that was here, she said, Pop, I picked two boys up over on Warren Street, Justin Stephen Poff on Warren Street for years. Sometimes I wanted to break their little necks. So I'm sure she's related somewhere to those two boys that we picked up for years. And that lady, me and Melissa ran into on Ferry Street when we were going to visit her Sunday school class, and we seen all those kids there, and five kids were outside. We started talking to kids so we could talk to your mom. We talked to the mom, and she said, I'll think about it. I gave the information to Susan. Susan went by, and they're on the bus. Working the ministry. God has called you to. Man, if you're a Sunday school teacher, you got open doors all over the place. If you're a bus captain, you got open doors all over the place. Here am I. Not here I am. Here am I. Our missions programs are in trouble. Our pulpits are in trouble. I know Preacher knows, and Pastor Meyer probably knows, but do you know how many churches are in America that do not have pastors? More than you can number. More than 400, I can tell you that, because I got a list, and there's more than 400 churches, independent, fundamental Baptist churches, that don't have pastors. And you know the average church that don't have a pastor goes at least a year or more without a pastor? That's craziness. Why does that happen? Because nobody's saying, here am I. Here am I. Our missions programs. If you look at the majority of our missionaries, they're older. The majority of the missionaries in our movement are older, and they're coming off the field, and we got nobody to replace them with. And I believe some of them stay on the field even longer than they want to or can because they know there's nobody to take their place. Because nobody says, here am I. Here am I, Lord. What do you want me to do? I'll do it. Because we don't report our country's a mess because we don't report for duty. Listen, I don't mean we have to go pick it. I don't mean any of that, but we need to start standing for right and using our voice and saying things when things are wrong. We don't say nothing anymore. We don't do nothing anymore. This country's a mess because we don't say nothing. We've shriveled up. We're like a delicate flower. We're afraid to say something because somebody might get upset with us or we might hurt somebody's feelings. And you can say anything to hurt somebody's feelings today. Good night. We need to start speaking up. We need to start answering, God, here am I. You know, we, in essence, we have our life, and we don't want God to mess it up for us. 
Look, it's not com- Listen, I wasn't looking to go to Kansas. There's tornadoes out there. There's snakes out there. There's also some good beef out there. But listen, it's what God wants, so guess what? That's what I want. And when God calls you to do something, you can say, if that's what God wants, then that's what I want. And if that's what God wants, then that's what I want. I'm going to do it to my best of my ability. Here am I. I'm ready. Obedient. When God calls us to the, to the Great Commission, we just need to say, here am I. Those, those people wouldn't have got saved today if he wouldn't have preached. Here am I. When God calls us to pray, we need to say, here am I. The biggest thing that Christians neglect is prayer. Right next to their Bible reading. When God calls us to give, we need to say, here am I. When God calls us to sacrifice, we need to say, here am I. Hey, if you're involved in a ministry, bus ministry, Sunday school, it should cost you something. Time, money. Huh? Investment. Influence. I'm not bragging, but I can't tell you how much money I spent on the bus ministry over years in Sunday school over the years. And I know some of you do the same thing. And it shouldn't, be a, it shouldn't be something bad in your soul. It should be good. You should want to do it. But invest in things. When God calls us to sacrifice, we need to say, here am I. We all have the same amount of time. None of us get any more time. I don't care if you're rich or poor, fat or skinny. We all get the same amount of time. So when we have to sacrifice it, let's sacrifice it to what God's called us to do. And not sacrifice it, well, we got to do something else. No, let's try to stop fitting God into our box and let us get into God's box and then put everything else around that. Shema said, here am I three times, but then he said, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Are you listening? Are you listening to God? Are you listening for God? See, the problem is, is when it comes to God and God wanting us to do things, we have selective hearing. I know all the ladies say all the men in here have selective hearing, but... When God starts calling us and wanting us to do something outside our comfort zone, our hearing gets a little dull. Because I might have to give up some things. I might have to move. I might have to go somewhere that's not comfortable for me. I might have to do something else. or I might have to quit my job. My servant here is. You know, serving God is an awesome thing, and when he calls us, we should say, here am I. And I know what you're thinking. There's too many standards and convictions. I would serve God, but too many standards, too many convictions. I can't do all those things. Listen, you were bought with a price. 
And if you had standards and convictions in your spiritual world, in your spiritual life, it would be not a sacrifice to serve God because they would already be there. See, it's because Christians don't put any standards and convictions in their life that when they're asked to serve God, and these are the, the standards and convictions you got to hold to serve God, we get mad and upset. But see, if they're already there, it's not a big deal. If you got some self-convictions and some self-standards, it's not a big deal to serve God because you don't have to give nothing up. You've already done it. And those things that are holding you back are just temporary anyhow. Here am I. We're bought with a price. I wrote this quote. Might want to run it down, write it down because I said it. It's awesome. I'm just kidding. It says our Christian lives might be tempestuous because we are not in God's will. You wonder why you can never get any peace in your life? Yeah, you're saved. You know you're saved. You come to church. You just there's something missing. Because you're not in God's will. God's called you to do something and you refuse to do it. God's called you or asked you to do something and you just keep putting it off. Instead of saying, here am I. Here am I. Send me. You know, that there's not a greater thing in the world than to serve the Lord. There's not. And we all say amen, and we all agree. But some of us have refused to do what God's called us to do or asked us to do. Because if we all did what God's called us to do, this place would be full. If we all did what God's called us to do, we'd have more buses. If we all did what God's called us to do, we'd all be better Christians. If we did what God's called us to do, who knows what the limit is in eastern Pennsylvania? Who knows what could happen if everybody was sold out for God and doing everything that God's called them to do, what would happen to the town of eastern Pennsylvania? You see, we're afraid. We're afraid to say, here am I. And I don't understand it. Listen, you think for a minute I'm not afraid to load up a truck and move right smack dab in the middle of this country? And if you look on a map, that's exactly where I'm going to be at, right in the middle of the country. Yeah, I'm scared. I had a conversation with the preacher the other day. I said, man, I'm scared to come out there now. I might, I might let somebody down. I don't want to let nobody down. I want to do my best. Because here am I. What do you got for me, God? What do you got? What's he got for you? Here am I. I just couldn't get that out of my head. I read, I read it over and over in Genesis and Exodus. Here am I. Here am I. Here am I. Here am I. 
And everyone that God, they said, here am I, did great things for God. They just answered the call. You know, in a boxing match, when that bell rings, it's time to fight. Ding, ding. It's time to meet the guy in the middle of the ring, and it's time to knock his block off. Until you hear ding, ding, then it's time to sit down. But that time between the dings, guess what? That boxer's out there doing all he can to win that fight. See, when God calls you, there's a ding. And when you get buried, there's another ding. What happens in between is very important. Very important. Your testimony. What you've done for the Lord. Here am I. Are you ready to say, here am I? Are you ready to say, God, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm available, I'm ready to listen to instructions, and I'm ready to obey. Here am I. And it might be he might ask you to do something you don't want to do. Something you don't feel comfortable doing. But listen, once you get involved, God will give you the ability to do it. I'm the last person that should be up here to preach. I hate looking at people. I hate standing in front of people. Preacher gives a testimony. To stand in front of people, no way. He's giving that testimony over and over. You think this is the good spot. You're all staring at me. If I got some hair hanging out my ear, so you all see that stuff, I don't know. You're all looking at me. This is the scary spot. So you ready to say, here am I? Are you ready to answer that call, preacher?